Good morning. We gather here in the presence of Almighty God to come and respond in worship. And so it's good to be reminded that God is the one who made us and now who has redeemed us in Christ and called us to come and to remember who God is and the good news of Christ. So let's come and respond to that goodness. Um, before we worship, I'm just going to share a few announcements, things happening in the life of the church. Um, uh, one thing just to keep in mind is that uh, there's some different summer events that are coming up. I sent out uh, an email, and they'll be in the weekly email. If you, if you don't receive the, the church's weekly email and you'd like to, please let me know. Uh, or there is um, an information sheet at the welcome table that you can fill out. Um, if you're visiting today, we're glad that you're here, and thanks for joining us. Um, but yeah, you can fill it out at the informa information table by the front doors. Uh, but there are some things coming up soon on July 3rd. On that Saturday, there's a breakfast at the uh, church office patio hosted by Rob and Elizabeth Glokey. And so if you'd like to go, it'd be, it'd be great to have you. You can sign up uh, through the, uh, like I said, through the weekly email. There's a thing you can click on and put your name down. There's some other things coming up over the next um, month or so uh, to be mindful. Uh, this Wednesday, we're going to continue our summer discussion group. Uh, I'll lead a, a conversation about baptism and how baptism is a gift from God to help us to experience his grace. And so that's Wednesday at 7.30 in the Tia News backyard. So... If you have questions or have, you know, want to know more about that, please let me know. Uh, also, uh, Pastor Eric has an announcement about some youth ministry stuff going on. Good morning. Uh, the youth ministry with the summer schedule is going to just change a little bit. Rather than doing some of our uh, gatherings on Sunday morning, we're going to gather every Tuesday at Winnemac Park from 5.30 to 7. Uh, I'm calling it Under the Willow. There's a lot of willow trees over there, so we're going to gather under one of them and have a small time of devotion. Our first one will begin on July 6th, Tuesday, July 6th. And uh, for those of you, for the youth kids who are around uh, this afternoon, uh, we're going to gather at the beach, uh, at Montrose Beach. So feel free to join us. I have some drinks and some sweets. Just bring a packed lunch. We'll meet over there at 12, from 12 to 2 on the north side of uh, Montrose Beach. Um, and if you need to contact me, just reach out to me after the service and, and we can set up something. Thanks. and children's worship class. And the students, that, the kids that want to be part of that, uh, they can head there now to the, to the back door and uh, Ms. Melinda will be there to meet them and take them downstairs. Um. Elizabeth, would you, would you, yeah, Elizabeth, would you mind going over the, to the door? I think Melinda's still down in the basement, so maybe you could help guide them down there. Um, but yeah, any, the children are welcome to the service, but they can also go downstairs for the children's worship and for the preschool class. Well, God's called us to come and worship, and as we prepare to do that, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God. Good morning. Our call to worship today is from Psalm 30. Will you stand with me and we'll sing together. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. 
Stole you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cry to you for help, and you have healed me. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. To Today we have the privilege of participating in the sacrament of baptism. You'll notice that there's two baptisms that we can 
experience today with Frida and Juliet. And before I invite the families to come forward, I want to remind us of, of this gift that God gives us in the baptism uh, sacrament. It's obviously a special gift for uh, these two families, for Frida and for Juliet to be visibly welcomed into the covenant community to affirm the, the gift of, of a family that will teach them about Jesus, <clears throat> to, be part, <clears throat> excuse me, to be part of a church that proclaims the good news of Christ. But the sacrament is also a gift for all of us as we witness and participate. Excuse me. <coughs> um, there's this great place in the Westminster Confession, sorry, that uh, there's a question that asks, does God leave us in our sin and misery? Does God leave us in our sin and misery? And the answer of good news is no, God doesn't. In the baptism waters that we will participate in today, give witness to that answer. That if God doesn't leave us on our own, God doesn't leave us with the ways that we have been hurt or the ways that we have fallen short, but that God in Christ took on our suffering and our sin and bore them in the cross and overcame them with the resurrection. And these waters proclaim that there is something more than ourselves, more than our resources, more than even our goodness. But there is a God who can remake us in our very hearts. So this is the good news for Frida and for Juliet, but for all of us as well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for these waters, and I pray that you would set them apart for a sacred and holy purpose. And Lord, that all of us watching would be reminded of your grace and that, that you alone can remake us by your spirit. And Lord, we pray for these families as they come forward that you would bless, bless them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to invite uh, Mark and Drew Singheisen to come forward with their daughter Frida. a member of the church before uh, her and Mark moved to overseas to Germany and, and now Switzerland and so we're very thankful for this opportunity for them to be back with us and for Frida to be baptized um, and so this is a special gift as I mentioned for Frida this is a chance for her to be set apart as one who's part of the covenant community and that we'll pray that this will not just be a sign upon her skin but that by God's spirit and through to her family and to the church that she'll come to know of faith in, in Christ herself. So Drew, let me ask you these questions. Do you acknowledge Juliet's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? Do you claim God's covenant promises on her behalf and do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for her salvation as you do for your own? And do you now unreservedly dedicate your child, I mean your daughter to God and promise in humble reliance upon God's grace that you'll set before her a godly example, that you'll pray with her and for her, and that you'll teach her the faith, and that you'll strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
And Mark, let me ask you this question, Mark. Do you commit to support Drew in the keeping of these vows? What is your daughter's full Christian name? This is Frida Jane Singheisen, daughter of Drew and Mark. Frida Jane, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray for Frida. Lord, we give you thanks for Frida and thank you for her life. We pause and acknowledge that she is a gift from you, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you would guide her steps all her days, that you protect her and bless her, help her flourish. We thank you for the many gifts you've given to her, and we, we pray as they come forth that they would not only be a blessing to her, but that she would learn more and more to, to use them to love and serve her neighbors. Lord, let her delight in your goodness and your strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I invite you to stand with me. Stand that we can offer this blessing as you'll see in your order of worship. It's a responsive blessing. Freedom, may the Lord preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Yeah. You may be seated. I want to invite Gil and Dan Danielle to come forward, their daughter Juliet, their son Jean-Luc. This is, this is Juliet, and as I mentioned before, our, we are thankful for this is a sign in which uh, Juliet can be uh, formally received into the covenant community, and that as a church we can celebrate her life, and that we can pray that this will not only be a sign upon her skin, but that God by his spirit and through the family and church, that Juliet would know the grace of Christ in her heart. And so we give thanks for that. Gil and... Danielle, let me ask you these questions. Do you acknowledge Juliet's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? Do you claim God's covenant promises on her behalf, and do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for her salvation as you do for your own? And do you now unreservedly dedicate your daughter to God and promise in humble reliance upon God's grace that you'll set before her a godly example that you'll pray with her and for her, that you'll teach her the faith, and that you'll strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And what is your daughter's uh, full Christian name? This is Juliette Soleil Marie Lopez, daughter of Gil and Danielle and sister to Jean-Luc. Juliette, I baptize you <laughs> I baptize you in the name of the Father, <laughs> in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>
Let's, let's pray for Juliet. Lord, I thank you for Juliet, and we thank you. You're the giver of all good gifts, and we thank you for her life. We thank you how she is a gift to her family and to the, the church. And Lord, we pray that you would be at work in her life by your spirit, that even be long before she knows that she would be being guided towards the truth and towards the good news of Christ. And we do pray, Lord, a prayer of thanks for who she is and how she'll develop. And we pray for her mission and pray that she would not only find joy in you, Christ, but she would be a source of joy for others, especially telling them and proclaiming the good news. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I invite you to stand again that we can offer this responsive blessing to Juliet. Let's join together. Juliet, may the Lord preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. You may be seated. As we continue to worship, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Holy, righteous, and mighty God, the creator and sustainer of our lives, we come before you this mor morning to humbly seek your grace and wisdom for the days ahead. We come seeking your renewing work in our lives to transform our hearts from those of stone into hearts of compassion and mercy to shape our desires and longings to follow you and in your will and the purpose that you have for our lives and families and church community. However, we often come before you with our own agendas, plans and desires, seeking for you to affirm them rather than to humbly walk in your way. We busy ourselves with tasks, work, family and worldly agendas only to see them leaving us empty and unsatisfied at times. Yet when we encounter Jesus Christ and his word and in the sacraments, we are reminded of your loving presence and grace towards us and our need to humbly seek you first above all things. Lord God, today we, we come with hearts of grief and, and sorrow, especially for the community and the Surfside, Florida. Lord, we pray that you would be, be with the families, the friends, the loved ones of those whose fate is still uncertain. Lord, we pray that you would be with the rescue workers as they clear away the debris. Lord, guide their hands, move them to be able to save and rescue those who are in need in this moment. Lord, we pray for your mercy. We pray for your grace in this time of need. Lord, we also want to lift up Darla Carson and her daughter, Erica. Lord, we thank you for the ways in which you have protected Erica and her unborn daughter so far. We thank you for the recovery of their surgery and continue to pray, pray that you would sustain this child's life until her birth. Almighty God, we know that everything is in your control. And as we encounter you and your word and sacraments, give us a renewed confidence and trust in your presence and power. Although our lives are constantly changing around us, you are the God that does not change. You know our present need and our concerns. And we thank you for this by the power of your spirit and in the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
Amen. Amen. As we continue to worship, our God is one of forgiveness and grace, and He invites us to come before Him and set before Him our burdens and our sins and our confession. We'll do this publicly and privately. Let us pray. Father, you taught us to observe the Sabbath by keeping it holy. And Jesus said, do not be anxious about tomorrow. But we feel pressure to get everything done and are often overwhelmed by the schedules we keep. Loving Father, forgive us for trusting in our own competence and power. Help us to remember that you are always working, that you are the one who holds all things together. Remind us that you do not require us to work without resting, but that you delight in us as deeply loved daughters and sons. Let's all sing together. Your labor is not in vain. For the ground underneath you is cursed and you're planting and reaping are never the same, but your labor is not in vain. For serpent 
you to take a moment uh, to go before God with your burdens and your weariness and your sins. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that by the, by the blood and power of Jesus Christ that you have forgiven us, that you draw near to our weary souls and give us rest. We thank you in your holy name. Amen. Would you please stand with me and we'll recite these words of assurance together that come from Psalm 13. I have trusted in your steadfast love my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Amen. You may be seated. Testament lesson today is from Proverbs 27, verses 1 through 2 and 19 through 21. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let another praise you, and not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. As water, as in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, and never satisfied are the eyes of man. The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and a man is tested by his praise. Gospel, <clears throat> Gospel lesson today is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. It's Christ speaking. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not of more value than are you not of more value than they? 
And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The word of the Lord. John for reading the scriptures. We've been looking at the uh, New Testament letter of James and we're going to continue doing that. Uh, and before I read our passage though, it's good to remember this question that James asked in chapter 3 but really kind of is at the heart of the, the letter is who is wise or who has understanding among you? Now we, we might not use those exact words but I suggest that those questions get at the very heart of much of what we think about or, or try to process about life, of you know, who is living a good life? What is someone who is wise, someone who sees clearly, how do they live or how do they behave? How, how do we recognize when somebody is possessing understanding? And the letter of James, in many ways, is, is answering that question in, in a variety of ways. And one of the key ways in which James addresses it is to say that there are two types of wisdom, two things called wisdom. There is the wisdom from above, and there is earthly wisdom. There are different answers to these questions about living well or seeing clearly. And for those with earthly wisdom, it's expressed with jealousy and selfish ambition, pride. The story that we've been talking about, the story that goes with this is that we are on our own. On our own in that the more that you have or the more that you accomplish, the more that you are. Or the less that you have means that you are less. But the good news is that there is another type of wisdom and the wisdom that the letter of James is trying to put before us. An understanding that shows itself not in pride but in humility. Humility and gentleness, openness to reason, full of mercy, being peaceable. And over and over again, James is calling us to, to see this wisdom, to set aside earthly wisdom or pride, and to turn and embrace this heavenly wisdom that's been embodied by the person of Jesus. And our passage this morning continues to call us to do so. And as we'll see in a moment, the heart of our passage, it's, it's calling us to recognize something that might be obvious, but that we can forget, that we are not God. That you and I are not God, and that we have limits in our life, that we lack control. And so James will identify two areas of pride or forgetfulness towards God. First, that we judge our neighbors, and the second, that we boast about tomorrow. 
So let me read this passage to you. You can follow along in your order of worship or just listen as I read. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town, spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. For, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This is God's word given for our good. Well, I want to look at both of these expressions of pride, judging your neighbor and boasting about tomorrow, and then we'll reflect upon them for a moment. So first, in pride, we can place ourselves in the position of judge over others. And James starts with a warning about speaking evil against a fellow Christian. that He has in mind slandering or gossiping about somebody that brings forth hurt. And I, I imagine that I don't need to invite you to, to consider such things, right? We, probably all of us have known the hurt, the hurt of other people's words spoken about us or condemning us. I imagine all of us in different ways have given in to the temptation of trying to lift ourselves up by speaking harshly or evilly about another. So James tells us that such actions are against God's law and they're evil. But he also pushes us to see further what's going on in these moments, what's happening. And he says that when we engage in such judging... We are taking the position above someone else. When we speak condemnation against someone, we're, we're taking the role of judge over them. And when we do so, we are not only showing ourselves as you know, arrogant or superior to somebody else. He says we're actually judging the law of God. What, what does that mean? Well, the law, what James earlier calls the royal law, loving your neighbor as yourself, says that such gossip or slander is wrong. It's a failure to love. But to practice this judgment, of setting yourself up as judge, is to assume not only the superiority over another, but a superiority over the law itself. So that I can decide which of God's laws apply to me, and I can choose when to step out or step above be the one who decides how the law is practiced. And so James is asking, are you judging the law, stepping above it, rather than trying to do what it says? You see, James is saying, it's not only that you hurt people with your words, but you're taking a position that doesn't belong to you. Who do you think you are, he asks. Who are you to judge a brother or a sister or neighbor? See, that position that we often try to take in such moments, it only belongs to one. There is only one lawgiver, only one judge who can save or destroy. You see, it's not only that we hurt with our words, but that we're taking a position that belongs to God and God alone. 
And true wisdom and understanding from above says to us, no matter how we want to set ourselves above others or seek to lower them, we are all bound together as those subject to God's law, to the one true judge. Well, this theme of humility continues as James addresses boasting about tomorrow. And he imagines a statement being made about future plans. Today or tomorrow we'll go, we'll spend, we'll make sales, we'll make a profit. It sounds good, right? It might not be obvious, but what he's suggesting here is that this language is a boast. It's an assumption. An assumption about security, about control, about success. Today or at the latest tomorrow, we'll go to such and such a place for a certain period of time. We'll start a business, we'll make a profit, we'll prosper. And what true wisdom is inviting us to consider is that we don't control tomorrow. We don't control tomorrow. Do you see what it says? You are a wisp of fog, a mist catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. This is a theme that runs through the scripture in Psalm 102. My days pass away like smoke. Job says, my life is but a breath. Psalm 103, our days are like grass. We flourish like a flower of the field. The wind passes over it, it is gone, and the place remembers it no more. I want to be clear, our our passage is not telling us it's wrong to work hard or to plan or to grow or prosper. Rather, it's inviting us to honestly recognize and to remember our lack of control, our lack of power, and to remember God. You remember the first part of the passage, we hear that God, not us, is the one true judge. And now we hear that God, not us, is the one who is sovereign. That God, not us, holds today and holds tomorrow. That God is alone is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, in our hearts, let us remember and say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And James isn't just offering us religious words, but inviting us into a different perspective. Are we on our own? Does tomorrow depend on you? Is it just another rotation, or is it a gift from God? I saw a recent headline that read, 150 Amazon packages arrived at a woman's home by mistake. 150 packages arrived at her home by mistake. (laughs) It's a woman in New York who received packages starting on June 5th, and the story says over the next few days, more and more arrived. And she says, one day I moved all the packages off my porch, and I left. But my neighbor called an hour later saying, just so you know, there's a ton of packages on your front porch can't even see your front door. And she said that they continued to come even after that. They started to come on large trucks, on pallets being left in her driveway. Amazon apologized for their mistake, just so you know. (laughs) I share that image, if you can picture this porch filling up, to imagine that James is delivering to you and to me two heavy packages. We are under the law. 
and we can't control tomorrow. And they're delivered right to our front door. And we might think, if you're like me, I didn't really want these packages. I didn't, I didn't order them. I don't want to open them. They're too heavy. And what I suggest is that God has given them to us through James as a gift. That true understanding, in part, is seeing ourselves clearly. When the law, it reveals our position and it reveals our need for forgiveness. You see, it's under the law, not as the judge, but under the law, that I can find my common place with my neighbors and with all of you. And it's from this place of honesty that I can actually talk about how I have been hurt or mistreated. And it's from here that I can confess my own law-breaking, confess my need for God's grace in Christ. In the uncertainty of tomorrow, it reminds me of the lack of power that I have. What do I do when I worry? And what do I do when I feel uncertain? Is there more than my own resources, my own hard work? Walking into the future, we learn that we didn't give ourselves life, but that our life and that each day is a gift from the one who holds all days in his hands. These boxes of James, they humble us and they invite us to look beyond ourselves. They guide us to the one who is wisdom himself, Christ, who forgives our sins, and who promises that nothing can separate us from the love of God in him. Amen. Let us boast in that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are and for your word. Please be with us. Let us not cling to our own power, but to the promises of your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you please stand with me and we'll sing together. Jesus cast a look on me. Give me sweet simplicity. Make me poor and keep me low. Seeking only thee to know. Though the fees my busy pride. Cast it evermore aside.
right for us to join together with God's people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of and might, heaven to come to the table that God sets for his people. During this time, instead of coming forward, we're going to receive communion through the, the pack, prepackaged uh, elements that you received on the way in. Um, anyone that's planning on taking communion that, that needs um, some, some packages that didn't get some on the way in? I know it's hard to raise your hand, but anybody need one? <laughs> okay. Well, if you are participating in communion today, I invite you to go ahead and open up those elements that you can prepare to take those. For all of us, whether we're taking communion or whether we are not, this table is a witness, it's a sign of who God is. It's a sign of the heavenly wisdom from above. In Christ, we saw the one who came not to be served, but to serve. Who came in humility and gentleness to welcome home sinners and those who are lost. So at this table, this bread and this cup remind us of our life. Our place is not here because that we can boast in ourselves, because of all the things we can do. Our place at the table is because of God's grace for us in Christ. If you know of your need and have faith in Christ, then I invite you to come and participate in this table for it's set for sinners with the invitation of God's abundant grace for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this table, and we pray that you would set aside this bread and cup for a sacred and holy use, and that, Lord, as we come and to take this bread and cup, that you would meet us by your spirit to minister to us. For those who are gathered who are not participating in communion, we thank you that they're here, and, Lord, we pray that you would minister to them as they see and as they reflect on this table, that you would bless them with a vision of who you are, Lord, the one who holds tomorrow, but the one who has grace for sinners. Lord, meet us by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, on the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and broke it, saying, this is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. Lord, we give you thanks for this table. Nourish us and send us out as your people, walking in your spirit. Amen.
invite you to stand with me that we can respond to the table and receive God's blessing. Lord Jesus, give us steadfast hope in you. Strengthen us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. love of God the Father, the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. You may go in peace.